Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day that you've given us to come here to worship your children, to come together, to come closer to you. Thank you for your precious word. Thank you for the anointing that rests on my life, your gift to your church. Thank you, Lord, for using me today to help you to break every yoke and every stronghold and every lofty idea that has set itself up above the knowledge of God. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to grow closer to you today, which is our goal. Thank you for planting this seed deep into the garden of our hearts, allow it to take root and bear fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, Christmas is right around the corner. Amen. So we'll have one more service. So next week will be our, our Christmas service. I think we'll have communion and uh, prepared uh, some uh, Christmas songs. We used to go around to the old folks' homes and things like that, and it was a lot of fun. I've been thinking about that all week, and some of the Christmases past. But we're looking forward, amen? And we've got a lot of good things in store, and we'll have a great time next week. My wife will be here. She was here for a minute, and then they called her into work. I said, you know, they love you, but after a while, they're going to they're gonna stop believing you exist. <laughs> said, tell y'all she loves you, and she'll see you soon. Amen? Amen? Oh, here's the music. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I try to, as I've mentioned to some of you before, I always, when I'm in the Word, I try to. And even when I'm just meditating on the Word, which is all the time, I, I try to put myself in, 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 in the place of, of some of the characters in the Bible. You ever done that? Just try to walk with them and try to put yourself, you know, have empathy. Just, just try to understand their situation and circumstances because it, it wasn't all just a fictional book written by men about God. This is, this is a book written by God through men to us. Amen? And this time of year, I like to think on that first Christmas. God had been planning it since, well, Since before the foundations of the world, actually, it was already accomplished. I don't want to get in too far. To, it's just mind-boggling, really. You see, here's the... If a ruler were the, the entire history of mankind from beginning to end, it's right here. And here's God. It's already played out in the mind of God. And it's playing out as you're part of it. This is like the Trinity. Hard to comprehend with our, nat- comprehend with our natural minds, isn't it? Three unique individuals, yet one, all at the same time. Doesn't just mean they're in agreement, so they're united in their thinking. No, they're, they're one. One person. But three. Some things are just not that necessary for us to totally comprehend right now. It's not a deal breaker. You know what I mean? Some things aren't. Some things are. Like in my front yard right now, I've got a nativity set. Big one. I love it. It's got the three wise men standing there overlooking the cradle, which is empty right now. I'll put him out there on Christmas Eve, right? But you know those wise men, they weren't there that night. <laughs> but that's not a... Why be mean and mention that, you know? It doesn't, it's not going to keep you out of heaven. When you get there, he's not, well, you thought the wise men were there on the night of his birth. You don't get in. No, no. And I like it. I like a lot of things about Christmas that may or... Well, let's just put it this way. I love Santa Claus, and my favorite picture of him is him kneeling and praying to Jesus. Let's just keep it in perspective, amen? <laughs> you imagine the preparations that were being made in heaven 
when Jesus was coming. The day he was born, probably a very sad occasion in heaven. Not because of what he would accomplish, but because it temporarily bankrupted heaven. Amen. Yeah. Take all the streets that are made of gold, not paved, made of all that stuff. And God, that's not what it's all about to God. It's about that son he sent here. And the reason he was willing to sacrifice him was because he wanted more. He wanted you and he wanted me. And he needed to plant that seed. His very best to get a crop. Amen. (laughs) Why did he have to come? Can we count to five? Is it the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost? One God, three unique beings. They created. And into that creation entered corruption, didn't it? In the Garden of Eden. And there we were. Everyone born after Adam had that corrupted seed and that sin nature of of Satan in them, unable to save themselves. Yeah, the Hebrews mouthed off at the foot of the Sinai and said, yeah, we'll do everything he said. For 1,500 years they tried and nobody could. We needed a Savior. We were stuck on four. Amen. So, in comes redemption. Grace. The law came through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Amen. It's the greatest event in all, all time. Christmas and Easter. They go together. Let's look in the book of Luke. I brought my old Bible. This is, uh, I had to put some things back together last night. I don't bring it out much. This is the second Bible I ever was given. My mama gave me one in 1974. And my wife gave me this one in 2004. And I slept and ate with this one for three and a half years. 16 hours a day. When I wasn't in church, I was in the Word. And this Bible is very special to me. I've got a lot of others that are falling apart now, and ones that I use to preach with and study with, and there's lots of different cross-references and things. But this one means a lot to me. And when I really want to spend some time with the Lord, or I feel a, a real need for Him, or like I'm getting some distance between him and myself, I go get this Bible out. It's like a warm blanket to me, amen? Luke chapter 1, we're just going to visit with the good doctor, Luke. Jesus is the great physician, but Luke was a Gentile, and he was a physical doctor as well. An MD, medical doctor, whatever you call it. I want to read... Part of the Christmas story to us today. We were in Luke last week. We talked about Zachariah and Elizabeth, about the coming of John the Baptist, and how and how uh, and how our words are so important, and how the angel told Zachariah something, and when he doubted, he just wouldn't let him talk for for nine months. <laughs> Our words are important. We're going to look in on the parents, the earthly parents of Jesus today. And then next week we'll we'll look at the Immaculate Birth. Amen? Today, start at verse 26 of the first chapter of Luke. Remember, talked about John the Baptist prior to this. And and um, 
and the fact that um, Elizabeth was pregnant, and so this starts off in the sixth month, which was the sixth month of John the Baptist, uh, of Elizabeth's uh, pregnancy. Amen. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Unusual for those times. Those were times under the law when one priest, once a year, got to go into the Holy of Holies. And if he had any sin in his life, they drug him out with a rope, which was tied around his leg, because nobody else could go into that holy ground. Amen. So to be found in highly favored was a little unusual for this young girl. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? She didn't say, this can't be, you see. But she said, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? That's a fair question. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month with John the Baptist, whose whole life was just to announce the coming of the Lord Jesus. For nothing is impossible with God. You ought to have that scripture somewhere in your house, underlined in your Bible, especially at least in the garden of your heart, Luke one thirty-seven. Nothing's impossible with God. Amen. And listen to this little girl's response. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Wow. Right away. She just said, let's do it. It's important that you're able to do what I mentioned a while ago and kind of put yourself in that time and place. Some of you, it's easier to remember yourself as a 14 or 15 year old girl. <laughs> Harder for me and Joey and the other guys, but we get it. You know what I mean? It would be hard in these times, which there, are, there is no morality. But then... It was illegal at best for what he was saying. It could have been disastrous for this little girl, for Mary. Unless the, just, just assume, first of all, that it's not, just that a girl her age at that time got pregnant out of wedlock. If the father didn't marry her, she would probably stay unmarried for the rest of her life. Chances are, if her father rejected her, she would be begging on the streets or prostituting herself just for food to live. Come on. This is the reality of Mary's life and the answer she gave, the situation she was in. The religious leaders of that time could very well have stoned her to death. Well, they might not have, because with her story of the Immaculate Conception, they might have just deemed her crazy. Hello. Yeah. You ever thought about something? Yeah. 
But she agreed. She agreed to be used of God and she did it immediately anyway. Never heard that poem anyway by Mother Teresa. Check it out sometime. She didn't worry about the outcome. And I'm here to challenge you today that when God tells you something, you shouldn't worry about the outcome either. If God said it, that should settle it. Amen. 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 If God said it, that should settle it. If we just offer up our life willingly to God without worrying about the outcome and then let Him fight our battles, He will. He wants to fight your battles anyway. The reason he, He doesn't get them all one right away for you. Sometimes you're, you're going through a test, but the test that most of the church is teaching about he put sickness on you, he put divorce on you, he put poverty on you, that's a lie from the devil. God didn't do any of that. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly or to the full. The devil, the thief, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Acts 10.38 says, Haven't you heard of this Jesus of Nazareth? He was anointed with power and with the Holy Ghost. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. That's God. Jesus said, have you seen me? You've seen the Father. I only do what I see my Father do. You want to know what God's like? He's good. Good God, bad devil. Let's Let's not just make it too difficult. Amen. Amen. <laughs> the problem is we offer, often worry about the outcome. Don't we? God bless you. Who did that? You know, there was... I think of some other baby announcements when the Lord told women in the Bible that they were, they were going to have a baby. Remember uh, Sarah, Abraham's wife? She, she, what'd she do? She laughed, didn't she? That's why Isaac's name, his Isaac means laughter. See, the Lord has a sense of humor. He told him to name her that because she laughed. But she laughed because she was old. Elizabeth, Zechariah from Lazarus, John the Baptist, mama. You know, she, the, the daddy, Zechariah, he, he, he doubted when, they, when the angel told him. And you see, he got in a little trouble for that. But it didn't change the outcome. John the Baptist still got here. The Lord just shut his mouth for a little while. Keep him from interfering with doubt and unbelief. Just like they did when they marched around Jericho for a week. He made them shut up. Don't say anything until that seventh day when you march around seven times and the trumpet blows. And then I'm going to tell you to shout. And you're going to shout. And then the walls are going to fall. Until then, shut up. Why? Because they grumbled and complained with doubt and unbelief all the time. And they would have screwed up God's plans. I know some of you say, well, you can't, you know, whatever will be, will be. Whatever happens, God meant it to be. That's not true. If that's true, what do you tell the young lady or the young man in the crack house downtown today? How do you, how do you make him feel good about God? If that's where he's supposed to be. What do you tell the young woman who lost her husband at an early age? That God needed him more in heaven? Nonsense. I've heard that at funerals. Not from me. That's why they don't invite me to that many unbelievers funerals anymore. I'm there to get people saved. Let them hear the truth. Amen. Mary submitted to God's will. Thanks be to God. Nothing is impossible with God. We don't need to laugh when God tells us something. We don't need to doubt. We just need to agree. I tell people every week, the moment you agree with God, things will get better. And, and everything is compartmentalized. We're like an onion, you know, so many layers, so many different areas of our life. We could be submitted to God in this area, in this area, and be... Holding all, all kind of stuff behind our back, hiding it from him, you know. 
So, but the moment we say, okay, we're going to find you got something better to put in that place. Amen? Yes. And it might take a while, just like you read about in my book, that I, I was... I was told that everything was new and everything was going to change that, at the moment. And I wanted it, everything to be better. Well, I had opened a lot of doors for the devil. Amen. And it took a while to get them shut. And to overcome some of the mistakes, the bad choices that I had made. But God was with me the whole time. Amen. And he showed me how to get through it and get out of it and fix it. Hallelujah. Look, where were we? Look at verse 39. Let's keep reading for a second. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, She... She was filled with the Holy Spirit, and now she's going she's gonna to be used of the Holy Spirit with one of the gifts of the Spirit. Okay? And we'll, we'll talk more about that sometime. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. Now, she didn't call and tell her she was pregnant. She didn't write. She just started walking. The day the angel came and told her this was going to happen to her, she went to go check with Elizabeth, her relative, who was old and six months pregnant with John. And right when Elizabeth saw Mary, she had a word of knowledge, which is one of the gifts of the Spirit, and she began to speak and to prophesy over Mary. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear! Exclamation point. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to see me? No one told her anything. God told her these things. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Oh, that's not a baby. That's just a blob. I don't think they even claim that anymore, do they? If it's not a person, why are they selling the parts? Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Believe and receive or doubt and do without. I'm going to keep reading. And Mary said, just call the song of Mary. My soul glorifies the Lord. She begins to prophesy. She's filled with the Holy Ghost. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed. Remember that. And I want to talk to you about that in a second. For the mighty one who has done great things for me, has done great things for me, holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. Hello. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. How helpful it must have been to have young Mary there helping Elizabeth in her old age with this pregnancy. When you got to walk that far to see somebody, it really wasn't uncommon to stay a while at a relative's house anyway. But just before John the Baptist was born, Mary left and went home. Don't you know, after all the things we talked about, about young Mary accepting this, I mean, she immediately responded positively to the angel, didn't she? Let's do it. But think about... 
I mean, that's a long walk. Now you've got to start thinking about this. It's like, man, I'm engaged. And this dude knows that uh, we have not been together. <laughs> I think it was, she was glad to get out of town for a minute. <laughs> i gotta, I got to sort through this. I, 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 spoke, I spoke quickly and I meant it. But, but wow. Yeah. So when she saw Elizabeth, how kind of God to use her to encourage Mary with this word of knowledge. I mean, she didn't know anything about it. And for her to say, all she said to Mary, blessed the, the, the mother of my Lord, how, did, how, did, how, do I, how am I so lucky to have you come visit me? It, it just helped Mary, didn't it? It had to help that girl. She knew that had to come from God. Nobody else could have told her because she sure didn't tell nobody. <laughs> Did she? She wasn't just stopping all the way along the way. Hey, guess what? I'm having God's baby. <laughs> no. So I'm sure that encouraged her. God's good like that. And that song that Mary sang that I just read to you, there's a part in there it says, All will call me blessed. Because of what has God... That, some people might think that sounds prideful. A little uppity. Look at me. Look what God has done. Now I'm, I'm having the child that everybody's been waiting for. God picked me. It wasn't like that at all. It wasn't like that at all. It wasn't prideful. She was just acknowledging God's gift in her life and the fact that He was using her. This is not prideful. Pride is refusing God's gift. If she, she would have said no, pick somebody else, that would have been pride. Or, if she would take credit for everything God had done, then it would be prideful. We have a lot of people taking credit for everything God has done. We should use God's gifts for His glory. Amen? He's given everyone here multiple gifts that are unique to you. And He's going to put people and has put people in your path that only you will be able to reach. You know, I talk to people in prisons and in mansions and all over the place who never even heard of Billy Graham or Andrew Womack or some of the ministers that I'm familiar with that have huge television ministries that go all over the world. And I thought everybody knew them. I mean, there are preachers that every week, if you know, I don't listen to, to a, a bunch of them, but if I run across, I'm like, oh my gosh. Father, should, shouldn't I just send everybody to his church? What do you want me for? This guy's awesome. <laughs> I'm not kidding about that. <laughs> but there's people that only you are going to be able to influence in this life. God's going to make it so. He's blessed you with unique talents and abilities. But don't... Every time He uses you in some capacity... Don't take credit. Give it to Him. You want Him to keep doing it? Give it to Him. Be vociferous about it. Tell everybody. God did that. You ever heard that saying, Oh man, they're so spiritually minded, they're no earthly good. That's a lie. <laughs> it's impossible. I tell people, think about God. Don't worry. Don't complain. Don't think about your problems. Think about God and His promises. Oh, well, that's easy for you to say. You don't have this and that. No, I don't have your problem, but I got problems. You're going to think about something. Oh, I got to work for a living. Well, I know, but you're thinking about something. You're, you're, you're worrying. You're complaining while you're at work. 
You could think about the promises of God that apply to that situation. You could, you could make up your mind to be a problem solver instead of a grumbler and complainer. Every time there's a problem come up, I'm going to make it my goal to pray and ask God, Lord, give me the solution. Let me be the one to help with this. Even if it doesn't benefit me, <laughs> let me be a problem solver. It wasn't prideful. We don't want to deny God's gifts in our life. That's pride. He did give you some. And you should be happy about that. And you can rejoice with Him and be thankful that He has given you those things. Whether it's your, 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 your gifted in, in, in certain areas in your job. Whether you've got great looks or you got a lot of money. Just thank Him because that's, He intends to use you somehow in that capacity. Amen. <laughs> I want to go to Matthew. We're almost done. I took my watch off. First close. Let's go to Matthew for a second because... See, Matthew and Mark have the two... They are the two Gospels that talk about the birth of Jesus. And we're just preparing for Him to come today. Amen. But these two talked about it. Matthew was a Jew. And he was speaking to Jews because he was trying to prove to them this was the Messiah. And he laid out a lot of things throughout his Gospel... Uh, from showing where the Lord's coming fulfilled Old Testament prophecies. So he would encourage the Jews to believe and understand. And Luke, being a Gentile, he so, so Matthew, he goes back into lineage all the way back to Abraham, who is the father of the Jews. And he's really the father of us, all of us who believe in faith. Amen? But, but Luke goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. And see, Mary and, and Joseph were, were both uh, in, the, in the proper lineage to receive, um, to, 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 to be um, the, the earthly parents and still fit into Scripture. Amen? Yes. <laughs> say it that way. And to save some time, I'm not going to read this. In the beginning, of, if you're looking in Matthew 1, you're like, oh God, I hope he doesn't list all those names. <laughs> That's like... <laughs> yeah, no. That's like reading through Leviticus or something. No. But in the, in the first 17 verses of, of Matthew, we meet 46 different people over a span of 2,000 years, all ancestors of Jesus. Amen. There were some that were good folks. Some had shady reputations. Did you know Rahab the harlot was David's great-great-grandmother? So he was she was related to Jesus. Hallelujah. And some were just ordinary folks. It's important. I like that God shows us that throughout the Word. Everything in here is for a reason. Don't skip anything if you're reading. Just because it's boring. It'll help you someday. The Holy Spirit's come to guide you, to teach you all things, and to remind you of everything the Lord has said. And if Jesus is the Word made flesh, it's important. Nevertheless, God is not limited by human behavior. You're saying, wait a minute, you just said he was a minute ago. I'll put it like this. You are limited by human behavior. Yours. Mm -hmm. If you agree with God, you're going to fulfill all the days and all the plans that he has written for you. But the graveyard is full of people who never entered into a single day of God's plan for their life. They have a free will, and he will protect our will to not choose him. That's just the way it is. When God set it up this way, that man would have a free will, he, was, he had to know it would break his heart in many ways, in many occasions, time and time again, and I'm sure we do. 
but he was after a family, not robots. So he's used all kind of people, but just like he told Reinhard Bonnke, who passed away on the 7th, who got, I think, over 50 years he was there, everybody who was willing to be saved got saved after God showed him a blood-drenched Africa and he argued with God a little bit and he said, if you don't, I'm going to get somebody else. You understand what I'm saying? Catherine Kuhlman was a great woman of God. She had people raised from the dead, blind eyes open, people get up out of wheelchairs and run down the aisles. This is a fact. And she told him, Lord, one day, she was, she was so close to Jesus. She was really weird, though. <laughs> Fluttered around in flowing gowns on stage and talked in the Elizabethan, you know, methinks this and that. But she loved Jesus. He was her man. And she asked him one day, why did you choose me? He said, I, you weren't my first pick. I went to seven men before I picked you. That's what I'm talking about. You see? Praise the Lord. So God is not limited by human behavior because he'll just bypass one and he, he gonna, he's going to make his plan work. It's already worked. In his mind, it's already done. But the point, point of that that long history of, of folks there that I was just talking about is that he, he uses all kinds of people and he wants to use you. Amen? Amen. Yeah. So don't, don't think that it requires some special gift or something that you don't think you have. Don't worry about what you think. Just worry about what he thinks. It's like that song that I tried to play today. <laughs> All that matters now is what you think of me. Right. Amen. Amen. Moses had stage fright. I can't even talk. Well, you had a big mouth when you were 40. You thought you were going to fix everything. In your own strength, in your own way, he was dealing with the flesh. The next 40 years, he dealt with the soul in the wilderness. Getting Moses out of Moses, his mind and will and emotions. And by the time he got to the third 40 years of his life, at 80, he was in the spirit. He said, man, I can't, Father, I can't even talk. <laughs> Don't send me. It's all right, I'll send Aaron with you. What if they don't believe me? What if they don't do what I say? What do you got in your hand? A stick? <laughs> Throw it on the ground. He threw it on the ground and it became a snake. And we know it was a deadly snake. And God told him something interesting, didn't he? He said, pick it up by the tail. He didn't say pick it up. He said pick it up by the tail, didn't he? Specifically. And God is not remiss. He knows that intelligent human beings don't pick snakes up by the tail. For a very good reason. He's going to bite you. And he ran at first, but he came right back. And what did he do? He picked it up by the tail. And that, last, that second 40 years of dealing with Moses, getting Moses out of Moses, I know. Because at 40, he thought, man, I'm the one. I'm the one written about. Everything is in proper place. This is the right time. I'm going for it. He screwed it all up. And I know in that next 40 years in the backside of the wilderness, he said, if God ever chooses to use me again, I'm going to do it his way if it kills me. Yes, amen. amen. Picked it up by the tail and thank God it became a staff again. <laughs> but he used that staff, didn't he? To accomplish a lot of beautiful miracles for God. He wants to use us, and it doesn't matter who you are, what you have, where you've been. I guarantee you, you look at the lineage of this, uh, these people, he's he really not very interested in where we've been. Matter of fact, once we talk about it with him once, he'd really rather we didn't bring it up again. How many of you keep thinking of the same thing you did and going, Oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. And he's like, Would you please stop? Stop. <laughs> he, he's, not, he's not big on religion. Did that throw you off? 
I have a friend that has a, a great ministry, and he he used to he had a set time. He prayed, and he prayed for a certain amount of time in the morning, and so forth and so on. And after several years, it's just like he just let it slip out one day. Oh, I just dreading this today. And he heard the Lord very clearly say, "How do you think I feel?" <laughs> God wants to use you. Let's look at Matthew, and we're almost, and we're done here. Matthew chapter one, verse eighteen. I want to skip past that lineage. We're going to look in on uh, David. All right, I mean Joseph. <laughs> Sorry, I've done that before. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. She was engaged to Joseph. Now, different laws, different times. Okay. There was three stages. They would, they would, the parents would figure out who their kids are going to marry. Then they'd make a public announcement, and then they were engaged. Okay, and then there would be an official wedding at some point, and they would, and they would consummate, and so forth and so on. But they were considered together once that announcement was made. That's why you see she was betrothed to a man. Um, anyway, and. I'm going to read on and you'll see what I'm talking about. His, uh, his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, was her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had a mind to divorce, to divorce her quietly. So, this is the only way out. Even once that announcement had been made, they were considered basically married. And the only way out of it was death or divorce. And only the man could do that. That was the laws of the day. <laughs> but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Look how kind God is. Because, again, look at Joseph. <laughs> you know, he, she told me this thing, but... You know, it's a tough one to get my mind around. So the Lord sends an angel. And he's very kind to do that. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And... All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That, that prophecy is from Isaiah, and he, he says that very thing. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Awesome. Awesome. Not only was Mary obedient, but so was Joseph. This is important because he could have screwed things up too. I mean, again, just put yourself in his shoes. She had told him, and, and he, he was a good man. That was, that was the first thing. The first good thing, the wise thing that God did was pick a good man. He didn't want to hurt Mary, even after she thought, he thought she had broken his heart and done very, very wrong by him, you know. And she tells him this story, and come on, God did it, you know. He, I'm sure he wanted to believe her, but just really, he, he was going to just let her go. But he wasn't going to do it in a way that hurt her. And he was trying to figure this out, you know. But the angel came and told him. And that was good. Because it helped him to agree with God. And it still didn't take away the complications of this, though. Think about it. They're still in a culture that's very much opposed to all this nonsense. And they ain't going to believe either one of them. I don't care if they are in agreement. They're going to call him a fool. She's cheating on you. No, God did it. Oh, God. 
Boy, you're eat up with it. You know? You better stick to carpentry because you, you're dumb as a box of rocks. And if you're good at that, just stick with it. I don't know how you figured that out. Better go make some chairs or something. But he didn't. He rather would obey God than seek the approval of others. This is a hard thing because as much as we we sit here today and we go, yeah, yeah, that's what I would do. That's what I... You hope you would. You pray that you would. And I'm here to encourage you to know that these aren't just some 2,000-year-old story. I mean... God's not going to come to you and say that you're going to have the Messiah because that is only one was needed. (laughs) But He is going to ask you to do some other things. And if you go to thinking about it too hard and you start to try to reason God and and, and, and it's so easy to dismiss what you really believe God is telling you because it just doesn't seem practical. I don't, I don't, I can't really afford to do that. Mm, no, that would, that would make me look bad. Mm, no, I'm too comfortable the way things are, and that would really be a big change. I'm too old. I'm not, well, educated enough. I love the scripture in the book of Acts where it says that Peter and John, they were, they were preaching and and doing great things in the name of the Lord, and everybody was listening, and it was anointed and powerful. And these teachers of the law looked at them, and they were like, they realized these were uneducated men, and they realized they had been to Jesus. Uh, when people will walk away from me, I want them to say, that, that man has been with Jesus. I haven't maybe attained that yet, but... I want that to be the story of my life. I want to help people to know Him the way I've come to know Him and and go further with it. And then bring drag me with you further. Amen. We need to obey God rather than worry about what others are going to think. I think I said earlier, there's a scripture in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. It says, As for me and my household... We shall serve the Lord. That's right inside of my doorway. And it's not always convenient. It's not always popular. But really, nothing else matters. We're only here for a flicker. Eternity is a long, long time. God loves you. And what you need to do is practice His presence. Learn how to pray better. Quit. If you praying and you sound like the King James Bible, quit it. <laughs> if you're praying and you sound like someone who's talking to the best friend they have in the world who they adore and they trust and they need and they believe, that's a good prayer. Just talking with the Lord. If your prayer is just a laundry list of needs and complaints, stop it. He already knows everything you need. And He loves to give good gifts to His children. Just praise Him and thank Him for the things you do have. Talk about Him to Him about the things that are on your mind. And at the end, oh yeah, Lord, and remember, <laughs> these bills are due. I know you got it. I'm just... Mention it to you because when when you cover it again, like you always have, I know who to come back and thank. Amen. 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 We need to surrender to His will. You know, there's a passage in the Bible. See, I close it. Really leaving. It says, "Be ye perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect." And people are like. Nobody's perfect. In your born-again spirit, if you really are born again, you are perfect. You have the mind of Christ. And that's sealed up so you can't get any junk in there because you'll try. (laughs) 
That's a part of you, though, that you can't discern with your natural senses. And most people are living out of their soulish realm, their mind and will and emotions. And we have to learn to live from that, that spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 it will show you with three-part beings. Most people think that we're just a, a soul with a body, or worse, a body with a soul. We need to learn to live after the Spirit. But when he's talking about that, be ye perfect, he's talking about, you know what he's talking about? Mostly our attitudes and relationships. Forgiveness and love. That's what it's all about. Amen? Giving him all the credit. This Christmas, as we awaiting the arrival of the, the baby king, invite him in. Get to know him better. Try to, maybe if it'll help you, if you think it would be cool to do what I do, it's just to take some of these folks and walk with them and, and try to put yourself in their shoes and just think how amazing it was that he worked all this out on our behalf. It'll draw you closer to him. And then when you ask him questions, how did that, what happened there? You know, he loves that. And next thing you know, somebody's going to mention it or you're going to hear something or you're just going to get a revelation of it. And you're going to know that he's talking back to you. It becomes so fun, so cool. He's amazing. He's irresistible. Quit thinking that God is out to get you. He's standing there in a lightning bolt. He's not, he loves you. He only wants good for you. Just submit to his will. And let Jesus be birthed in your heart this Christmas. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for this day once again. Thank you for these beautiful people that have come to listen to your word and to be refreshed and to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. ask that you help everyone here and everyone all over the world that hears this message at any time. Heal them, empower them, love them, and prosper them through their salvation with Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.